two straight from the horse's mouth where we cut the BS and give you the truth all about sports. I'm your host, Bryce Olden, and I am people. Today, I am soloing it. Eric had a little incident today. He kind of burned his hands. Let's keep him in our prayers. Hope everything is good. He'll be back for next week's episode, but for right now, all you got is me. You got your boy. I'm in the building. It's the rock in it. Nah, but for real though, man, let's get it started. Also, you know how we do. We got to start off with having the song of the day. And again, a special shout out to the lovely lady who picked our song of the day, Miss Ariana. Uh, shout out to her. Again, her uh, Instagram. Go ahead and follow her. Lewis underscore Vuitton underscore. And the song of the day, people, is R&P by the rapper Corday featuring Anderson Pack. The song is very upbeat. It's one of those songs, honestly, like you ever have like a we wake up, you feel good, you know what I'm saying? Birds are chirping outside. You're in the bathroom, got the robe around the waist, out the shower, shower was great. You're brushing your teeth and you got a blast. Of a good, it's a good morning song, people. It's a very good morning song. Uh, so shout out to her for picking that song once again. We need a title for, for her. I don't know, what, what's a good title? Uh, I asked my mom earlier, what should we call the person who picks our songs? Because I, I, cause she does a good job and, and she gets me hip to a lot of songs Ariana does. So uh, the phrase that my mom came up with was, our selection songstress. I think that's being a bit uh, corporate. I think that makes her title very more prestigious than what she actually does. I'll learn all I do is add, go, hey, Ariana, send me a song, and she just texts me one. So, um, shout out to her picking that song. That's a very good song. And actually, 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 good album, Corday, who will, we will be talking about later on in this podcast. But let's get it started, people. Obviously, basketball, NBA talk, you know how we do. And let's just get it started. So, game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers took place on Friday. And as predicted, the Lakers did exactly what the Lakers were supposed to do, and that's beat the living hell out of the Nuggets. Now, now that's not, I'm being a bit exaggerated. The Nuggets were in the game, but the game was pretty much over. Like, if you was watching the game throughout, it never felt like the Nuggets legitimately had a chance. And kind of, if you kind of watch the game and kind of just know these teams pretty well, like like I do, it's not surprising. The Nuggets have nobody that can guard LeBron James. Now, I know what y'all are thinking. Well, Bryce, there's not one team on this planet that has people who can throw LeBron James. That's true. But you at least you can you want to at least throw guys that, that can slow him down, right? The Clippers would have at least been able to throw guys to him that can slow him down. You can't throw Paul Millsap on him because Paul Millsap has an anchor next to his legs. He can't move. He's slow. You can't throw Jerry Grant because he hasn't gained any weight since he's uh, been at Syracuse. He's just he's too small, right? And Gary Harris, is, who's probably their best on-ball defender, is just too short. So it's just LeBron's the ultimate enigma. And with him doing what he do, the Nuggets just have no chance. And then Jokic, their best player... And Jokic, don't get it twisted. He has probably he's probably the, one of the top five. He's probably one of the he is. Let's just get it out the way. I don't care how young he is. He is one of the greatest passing big men of all time. Let's give him his flowers. Let's get him his props. But uh, Jokic, um, as as good as he is, he's not. He, you're not confusing him for Hakeem uh, Olajuwon, right? The Kimi Mutombo, the 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 last the, the great. Denver Nuggets center, Marcus Camey, the great defensive Nugget, you know, center. You're not confusing him with them, right? He's not a defensive guy at all, meaning Anthony Davis is going to have his way with him, as well as Dwight Howard, who actually got a lot of playing time, started, um, and the Lakers thing while starting him for game two. He was just too athletic. He gave the Lakers a Jordan game two. 
So I just they're they're using the Lakers and Frank Vogel, who's a defensive-minded coach, is doing what he's exactly supposed to do. He is make he is turning a player who should be who is offensive strength for his team, and he's turning him into a defensive liability. And and if that and all goes to plan, eventually throughout this series, and don't get it twisted, I think it's going to be a seven-game series. Yeah, I know how I feel about Denver. They're not going to fold. But if the Lakers do have a chance to get Denver up out of here, it's to force Jokic to play defense and, and, and just bog him down, right? Get in his head. But like, hey, dude, you think you're such a great player. We think you're a defensive liability, and we're going to attack you. Eventually, that's going to weigh on him as the series goes on. So I'm going to be careful just to look at that matchup and just kind of see how, how that goes. But... Yeah, game one. Game one goes to the Lakers. We'll see what game two goes. I expect the Lakers to win them uh, game two as well. Now, I'm not going to be like Charles Barkley and guarantee a sweep. I don't, like I said, I don't see a sweep happening. I think Denver will bounce back. I think Denver maybe is one of those teams who likes to live on the edge. Um, you know, they, they got to play from behind. But you know what the phrase is, you play with fire long enough, you're going to get burned. I don't know if the Lakers are the team that Denver wants to get down on, right? This is not some... This team is on a mission. They're on a hunt. This is LeBron James. He's going to put you away. So if I'm Denver, I don't want to come be in a 3-3-1 hole. But if they go down 2-0, it's not, I don't think they're going to be sweating because it's just what they do. Um, but now let's also talk about the other Eastern Conference. Obviously, you do have the Miami Heat going against the Boston Celtics. The, Miami, the Boston Celtics actually won game three today. And Miami won the previous two games. So the Miami Heat series two games to one if you couldn't count based on what I just said. Anyway, the series is very surprising to me. Um, I picked Boston to win. I still am sticking with that. I ain't running from it, people. I'm here. Shout out to my boy Cyril, who's a Miami Heat fan. But I I'm here. I still got the, I still got the Celtics winning. And but I am nervous. I am nervous. The Heat is just the Heat have a very mentally strong team, and I I should not be surprised by that. But I am. I am because I see I'm one of those people who I don't care what the culture is in the building. I'm not one of those people as far I'm talking about as far as like an organization, meaning we don't care what players come there and out, this is the heat way and blah 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 blah. I don't care about that. Talent wins out. You gotta have talent. As we're seeing that with the Spurs, we all can agree the Spurs have a great culture, but but they ain't got no talent for real. Not no elite talent, so they're not going to win nothing anytime soon. So the same thing goes for the Heat. People always talk about Pat Riley and the culture that he has in, in Miami. Yeah, the culture looks great when you got Alonzo Mourning, who didn't win anything there, by the way. But, the you know, in his prime, he did win. He was a part of the 016. But the culture looks great when you got Dwayne Wade, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh on your team. The culture looks fantastic. Don't look too good when you got Hassan Whiteside down there, did it? Just saying. But... I'm one of those people who I don't care about that. I want to see how a team looks on the basketball court. And this Miami Heat team truly believes that they can win a championship. And you can see it out there, you know. You can see it. Like, they don't get they don't get scared of leads. They feel like they have a guy in Jimmy Butler who can carry them down the stretch, going to get to him in a set. You know, they and, and they feel like they got a lot of – they just feel very confident in who they are. And – that's that's a scary team to, to face off against in the playoffs. Again, I'm still rocking with Boston because I just think, I think at the end of the day, I will always and truly believe this talent wins out, right? 
You know what I'm saying? In Boston, I just don't believe, especially a Boston team who has been to a conference finals before. Like, people forget, yeah, Boston kind of had a, a down, uh, disappointing season last year. But the year before, most of this bunch, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, were in the Eastern Conference Finals. So let's not dismiss that like that's some small feat. Like, like, like they have been here before. This ain't new to them. They ain't scared. They took LeBron James to seven games. They took him, you know, the best player in the league to the brink. So for me, I still think they're going to win. Um, but the Heat have me nervous. And, they, and they're on my radar. Like, even if the Heat don't advance this year, I think that they've proven that, you know, from here, for the next couple of years, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in that East. Um, but I also want to kind of talk about Jimmy Butler a little bit. Now, Jimmy Butler is a different kind of guy, right? It kind of angers me a little bit that a lot of these teams are letting Jimmy Butler off the hook. Let me tell you what I mean by that, people. Jimmy Butler, how many stars can we honestly say can get away with pretty much not really, I don't want to say he's not doing anything, but like, he's not the, He's not really, you're not like, he's kind of out there. He's still, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not really killing it, for real. For three quarters, really three, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, we in the fourth quarter, now we, now, now he want to turn it up. Like, no way. If I'm a team, I'm going to do exactly what the different Nuggets did to the Clippers. Oh, your best two players don't want to show it up? Oh, yeah, we blowing out about 20. Easy. Easy. That's exactly how it should be, in my opinion. If I'm the Boston Celtics, I would be, I would be, like, like, almost disrespected. Like, wait a minute, the audacity? You think you can just show up here? You're the quote-unquote best player on the team? And you think you can just kind of breeze through these first two quarters and we got to battle it out and gun it out? And then you just come on in the fourth like you were like, like this baseball and you Mariana Rivera, you're going to close the game? No way. No. If I'm Jason Tatum and the crew, look, if he don't if I'm, if he don't get off, if he don't get off, oh, we scoring on you, fam. We blowing y'all out. No way am I. And you kind of saw that today a little bit, although the key closed the gap. But no way. I am amazed that, that, that he gets let off the hook. Again, it could be a part of the game plan. Let let everybody else get off. Let Goran Dragic do his thing. Let Tyler Hero do his thing. Let Bam do his thing. And then Jimmy Butler, we give you the ball. You do what you got to do. But if I, I'm saying that if I'm one of these other teams, I'm not. I don't care about that, right? If your best player is struggling, not struggling, but if he is kind of like, you know, lolly lolly lolly, kind of lolly gag in the first three quarters, we blowing y'all out, fam. I'm sorry, y'all not winning that game. He gonna have to. I want the Boston Celtics to force Jimmy Butler to play four quarters. That's all I'm asking. Force him to play four quarters. Then let me see how he plays after that. You know what I mean? Not he get to kind of skate through the first three quarter with 12 and 10 points, and then you want to turn it up or not because he, he got an extra battery in his back because he ain't really been doing much the whole game. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's all I got to say about that. But it just it does kind of amaze me the teams are letting him get away with that. Um, but speaking of game three, like I said, Boston Celtics did win. And it was a big win because – they go down 3-0. I'm not convinced they're coming back, especially after all the shenanigans and, and outbursts that we had after game two. Apparently, Marcus Smart was yelling in the locker room. And then you got, you know, Brad Stevens met with the leaders of the team. I'm kind of surprised by that because, look, the playoffs, we, you all you know what's at stake. There is no, there's no hiding it. You're trying to win a championship. To me, 
All this extra stuff, all this rah-rah speech, to me, is just unnecessary. Look, look, guys, y'all got to play better, flat out. That You getting out play. They want it more than y'all. Show some heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sick of I'm sick of these quote-unquote team meetings these players be having, these heart-to-hearts. Like, look, this ain't a movie, man. Like, this ain't no win one for the Gipper. What is this, Miracle on Ice? Like, come on, man. Like, it's the Easter Conference Finals. Get it together. You're a Boston Celtics team. Yes, you're young, but you've been here before. Stop. Act, act like it. Come on, people. Act like it, Boston. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got the you got the best player in this series, in my opinion, in uh, Jason Tatum, right? You have the third best player in this series, in my opinion, in Kimball Walker. I put Bam fourth. So to me, I act like all this yelling and all that, that just lets me know that Boston, and again, I'm still thinking Boston's going to win, but it just shows me that, like, maybe they're not, they may, because they may win this series, and then what's the problem, they get swept by the Lakers, or, you know, or, you know, well, I, I kind of thought you know how I think, I think Lakers going to win the series, but Lakers in the next round, right? So, but you, you hear about them yelling, and it's like, really? Like, y'all got to get motivated in, in, in the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. That kind of worries me. That kind of worries me about Boston because I'm, 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 I'm thinking like, all right, you, you've been here before. You know it's at stake. Just act like it. Come on now. But also now, like I say, like I said, Eric obviously isn't. He's out today, and he. We were going to discuss the MVP, right? MVP came out. Now I'll let Eric um, take do his spiel about um, Giannis winning the MVP in the next podcast. I'm not gonna go too deep about that, but what I will talk about is LeBron James, right? Now LeBron James obviously he, he lost to Giannis, and he only got 16 first place votes, which is which is embarrassing and disrespectful to the King. Um, LeBron James, to me, is one of the oddest, like, cultural sporting icons I I can ever, I think we've ever had. In that the man has been a force to be reckoned with since he was drafted. And yet, all of these people act like he's okay. Or, you know, he could have, like, he got a down season. Like, LeBron James, this was a, was finally the, was a full-time point guard pretty much and led the league in a sense, people. Like, at some point, man, we're going to have to have an honest, honest discussion about why we revere certain guys and why we, we're not, right? I understand that the media right now is, is, there's a turning point in the media, right? There's a lot of older people in the media. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Jordan Knights, Magic Johnson Knights, you know, you know, a little bit of Kobe Knights in the media, but got a lot of people who watched a lot of basketball and covered and played it before LeBron's time, and a lot of them are still in the media. So they, when they see LeBron James, for whatever reason, it just does not, and that's not everybody, you know, but it does not get them going because. LeBron, in my opinion, you can make it. LeBron's been the most dominant sporting force, period. You know what I'm saying? Across all sports. I don't care. You know, soccer, Messi, Ronaldo, I'll take LeBron. 
Tennis, Serena, Roger Federer, I take LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, hockey really hasn't had a dominant force, although Crosby won, uh, you know, three championships with the Penguins and uh, Ovechkin got one with the Capitals. I'm still taking LeBron. You know, the Giants, obviously, you got, you know, the whole, you know, they won three, you know, three titles with, you know, Madison Baumgartner. I'm still taking LeBron. LeBron, to me, has been the most dominant, consistent force in all the sports. You can make a case, maybe MMA, about John Jones. You can make an argument about that. Okay, sure. Um, George St. Pierre, fair enough. But I'm still taking LeBron James. And it gets to a point where it's like, are we undervaluing him? Right? Because Michael Jordan was being called the greatest player of all time after, like, you heard people saying he's one of the, you know, two years, you know what I mean? Like, it's after his first and second championship. And LeBron James, the disrespect, like, it's crazy to me. Like, like you got people saying he's not the best player in the league. I'm sorry, he definitely is. He definitely is. And to me, it's not close. It's not. Like, I'm not, yes, Giannis is a great talent. He really is. But he can't, he simply cannot do more than LeBron on the basketball court. His IQ is nowhere, his IQ on the basketball court is nowhere near as LeBron. He damn sure ain't on the same level when it comes to passing. LeBron's a better shooter, right? They're both, to me, Giannis, they both drive at a very elite level. Giannis is just tall, so he dunks. You know what I'm saying? But LeBron can finish just as well at the at the bucket, right? You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm taking LeBron over him, you know? And I'm taking LeBron over Steph. I'm taking LeBron over Kevin Durant. Because I, I tell y'all in a heartbeat, if you, if you, if you give um, LeBron... You know, two guys. If it was just LeBron and KD, they were the only all-stars on each team, right? Everybody else is just role players. I'm going with LeBron. I just am. I'm just am. And him getting 16 place votes, because what sucks about this is this very well could be LeBron's last season as, I know we say that, Every, you know, this season, it could when it comes to older players and whatnot. People talk about Tom Brady, him falling off. And we'll get to that later, you know, when we make our, when I make my NFL picks. But this could be LeBron's last season playing like this. Playing like a top five MVP candidate. Because obviously, as the years go on, LeBron's smart. He knows, hey, let me... Start. He's he's gonna become a, a extremely facilitator. Like it would not surprise me if he slides back next year. His assists may stay the same, but his points may drop. He may not be. You know, I think he averaged twenty four this year. He may drop to like twenty two. You know, and Anthony Davis is gonna really gonna take be the main focal point, right? Sort of like how in the eighties you kind of had to flip Kareem to start the decade was the MVP caliber player and toward the tail end it was Magic Johnson. I can see the same thing happening if, if he plays if he finishes season out with the Lake finishes his career out with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. I can see that happening. Could you? I could. I can definitely see them kind of mix matching that. So it just sucks that and that Le- LeBron James to me, who played in the Western Conference, the harder conference, right? And his first year healthy with Anthony Davis, right? Number one team in the West. 
led the league in assists, first time, first chance he got to be a full time point guard, right? And 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 also, right? I feel like had LeBron James swept the Clippers in the regular season this year, he probably would have won it. I I truly feel like he would have won it. Because at that point, like, all right, they were the best team in the league. They beat all the best teams. And, and I think that weekend to me, a couple before the shutdown, where he played the grit, the, he played the Bucks and the Clippers in like in the same weekend and beat both of them. To me, that was it. That was the nail in the coffin. I played Giannis, beat him next. Played Kawhi, beat him next. It's me. I'm the king. I'm LeBron James. So to me, it gets to a point where it's like, it's almost disrespectful how we're treating LeBron. It's like, yeah, like at some point we all need to just agree. All right, man, he's the best player on the planet. He's the MVP. Let's give it to him. You know what I'm saying? Because the fact that LeBron has three MVPs, or I believe it's three, I could be wrong. But the fact that he only has as few MVPs as he does is a slight. Like, that's insane to me. Like, that's that's a bit ridiculous to me. Like, he should have way more than that. He should have way more than that. I can think about at least five MVPs he should have won. Easy, in my opinion. A couple of times. It's a couple of times where, in my opinion, he, he, he could have won. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, LeBron James is a four-time NBA MVP. Easy could have had more. Uh, I think voter fatigue is a thing. But, you know, that's just my piece on that. And also, for all those people who are disrespecting Maria Taylor, the ESPN the, the ESPN analyst who does a great job during uh, her sideline reporting, talking about she shouldn't have had a vote because she didn't get Anthony Davis. a um, he, he wasn't on her ballot at all. First of all, she know more basketball than half of y'all out there, okay? Let's just put that out there. Just because she's a woman don't mean nothing. I saw a lot of misogynistic tweets out there from very a lot of ignorant people, right? Maria Taylor's a former basketball player, played in college, which a lot of y'all didn't. Been coming to leave for a little minute, which a lot of y'all don't. You know, she knows what she's talking about. Is it absurd that she didn't have Anthony Davis on her ballot? Yeah. I don't say that a lot of you. She definitely should have had him on the ballot, you know, you know, for an all-NBA ballot, he still finished as an all-NBA first-teamer, people. So let's not, like, let's not poo-poo him. He still got it. Um, but I just want to put that caveat out there. Like, a lot of people, like, when it comes to talking about basketball, and that's why I kind of want to start this podcast, is because you, you, when you have conversations with people about basketball and you're talking, you can quickly discern who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when you take away, because we're always going to be passionate about what we like. You know what I'm saying? I love, I love the NBA, so I'm a passionate about it. But I can also be objective, you know. Like, sometimes you can just take away um, your emotions and just have the facts and just have the numbers, you know. And that's what separates the good, pe- the good people who are able to talk about it and the people who can't. You know, like you see a lot of people talking about LeBron this, LeBron that. It's like, all right, man, if you don't, if you don't like it, I don't understand. If you don't like somebody because they're like, maybe they're the, the way they carry themselves and their actions. That's fair enough. But proof of the pudding is how they play on the court. And, and, and so Maria Taylor is watching these games up close. She's watched a lot of basketball. Obviously she covers it. She, she has to. So, 
she yeah yeah she gets a vote and rightfully and rightfully so um so that's just, and, and and i saw doug Gottlieb, you know works for cbs talking about maria taylor doesn't deserve a vote doug has had some wild takes as well so we like let's not act like you ain't did some wild. every analyst at some point has had a wild take or had done something wild you go really really so you know, I just had to I just had to put that caveat out there. You know, I, I saw like people giving Maria Taylor a lot of hate because of the because of the All NBA votes. So I, I just had to, sh- uh, not that she needed it because she defended herself very well and elegantly. But I just thought I had to put that out there because you know we gotta protect black women out here, and I'm just trying to do my part. But just a little segue now. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we played the song uh, R.M.P. by Corday featuring Anderson Pack, and reason why I bring it up is Corday, the, who's a rapper, by the way, is dating Naomi Osaka, the tennis player who just won a U.S. Open. And, you know, you win a U.S. Open, everybody's excited, your family's there, your boyfriend's there, you're taking pictures on the, you know, in Arthur Ashe Stadium, you're flicking it up, right? And I guess in the midst of the pictures, right, uh, Corday... You know, gave the middle finger some of the pics. It's a thing with the youth people do. That's what we do. Sometimes you take the pictures, throw the middle finger up. It is what it is. Keep it moving, right? Not so. There was a lot of outrage about that, which is insane to me. Like, people talking about, way to take the shine off for her winning. Like, you're the one doing that. He's getting a lot of flack. And Naomi Saka is getting a lot of flack because he gave a middle finger in an empty stadium for a picture. And people talking about where to take the shine, where to ruin the moment. Like, fam, you're the one who's making a big deal about that. You're doing that by highlighting that. It's sort of like the Colin Kaepernick thing, right? It was not a big deal until people started talking about it. Man, it's a big deal. That's how big deals happen. You have to, we have to talk about it, right? By high, you, she won. And, and, be, and, and instead of highlighting the fact that she won, you decided to hide the fact that her boyfriend, a black male, by the way, gave a middle finger up in the pictures. And I'm not going to miss words, people. A lot of the outrage came from white people. Got to keep it. Got to keep it. Got to keep it. It is what it is. You know? And it's just, it's, it's just insane to me. Like... Really? Really, people? Really? All If everything to talk about, you want to talk about a picture of a boyfriend put a middle finger up at the U.S. Open when nobody's there? Really? He's supporting her. He in the stands going insane, going crazy. We, You don't want to talk about that, though. We're going to ignore that, right? That's... We're not even going. We're not even going. We're not even not even going to acknowledge the fact that he was supporting her like he's supposed to. You know what I'm saying? We don't acknowledge that, right? But the fact that you know, the fact that he put up a middle finger—that's what we're doing, man. We're gonna have to decide, man. We're gonna have to decide, man. How? Because we have an election coming up. And we're going to decide, people, what's what's important and what's not important. 
Because I'm not one of those people who feel like there's a racial undertone to everything. I'm not one of those guys. I don't play the race card after every single incident. I'm just, just not me. Call me naive. Call me whatever. But in this instance, I have to believe it. I have to. I have to. Right? Because I saw the picture and put him in a thought nothing of it. Thought nothing of it. I just thought it was cool that she won and he was there. That was a story, in my opinion. But no. Nope. Nope. People who made tweets saying he stole the moment are the ones still in the moment. Think about that. Right? If you ch you choose to cover, right? Right, you choose to cover what happened, what you see, right? You take away from it. You choose. When something happens, it's up to you to decide what to take from that. Right? All the, all, everything that happened at the U.S. Open. Serena getting eliminated. Right? You know. Novak Djokovic getting, you know, pretty much you know, kicked, you know, disqualified. Right? And Naomi winning. And not only did she win, but the fact that she brought, you know, shed light on black lives and the whole Black Lives Matter movement, and you choose to take a moment to talk about how him putting a middle finger up to take a picture after everybody had left, that's the story? That's the one still in the moment? Yeah, okay. Okay. Sure. You know. And yeah, people, I'm a little bit upset and a little bit rained about it because they're trying to slander the young man. You know what I'm saying? Talking about Naomi, you're a role model. Is this is this how you is this how you want to conduct yourself? Like, please. Are you serious? Really? Really? If you a kid out there, Naomi is a great role model. You know what I'm saying? Talking about this is how you should surround yourself with people with. Come on now. First of all, let's not act like we all ain't. We all ain't gave the middle finger to somebody at some point. First of all, all right, let's just get that out the way. And we all ain't perfect. You know, and it, again, it's not like he got interviewed on on live and you know full of people. Everybody was there, and he gave the middle finger to the camera. No, he didn't do that. It was after that. Pictures got surfaced that was, you know what I mean? It had nothing to do with that. And y'all choose to turn the story into what you want. And that's just a microcosm of what's happening in our society today. I'm not trying to preach to you people. I'm just letting you know what's going on. Right? We choose to see what we want to see. Right? When I see Corday at the U.S. Open, I see a supportive boyfriend, right, standing behind his woman. That's what I see. I don't see a rapper, a black man, flicking off a camera. After the game. I don't care about that. That does nothing for me. 
I do not care anything at all about that. But some people did. Again, you choose, we choose what we want to see. Right? That's how people, believe it or not, in sports, that's how villains are created. Right? Take Odell Beckham Jr., right? Who back to the blonde hair, by the way. Charles Odell. Odell won the. He, he, there has Odell has never had any off the field incidents, right? Anytime he's on camera, young, nice young man, soft tone, very respectful. But the way people have talked about him these last couple years, you would think he was some locker room cancer. Got to, you know, you hear reports after game one of last week, they got to trade him. Trade Odell Beckham Jr.? Tell the Giants how have that's panned out for them since then. What? Come on now. You choose what you want to see. You create the stories that you want to create. You start the narrative that you want to start. Right? If you if you are a positive person, especially in 2020 where it's it's hard to bend one and no one will be mad at you for it, we get it, right? You gotta choose to see the beauty and the good stuff and everything. But if you're a negative person, you're gonna see the negative stuff and everything, right? And we all know somebody that's like that, right? But I, I just saw that story and I just saw the tweets and I just thought that was insane that that's what people were choosing to focus on. All the stuff that went on and that's what you picked? All right, cool, cool. That's all I gotta say, cool. I'm cool on that. I'm cool on that, man. Shout out to Naomi Osaka. Shout out to Corday. Um, I expect big things out of both y'all in the future, and I'm rocking with y'all. Know that. Know that. But anyway, more, more, more news on the front. Football, 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 football. Now it's back, and by back I mean the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Now the Big Ten did a 360 from a from a uh, month couple month ago when they said they weren't going to play and they weren't going to revisit it. Well, here we are. Big Ten football schedule came out. Eight game conference slate should be starting October 24th with Ohio State and Michigan. Um, game being on December 12th, and the Big Ten championship was set to be played on December 19th. Football is back. Big Ten is back. Pac-12 is back. And I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. I don't know. I understand that sports is a very important fabric part of America. Hell, I cover it. The more sporting events, the better it is for me. I get to talk about it. But at some point, we're going to have to decide what's more important, right? You know, health and the well-being of our nation or sports, right? You can't convince me a Nebraska-Rutgers game, right? It's going to, you know, it's worth people getting potentially COVID-19. God, you know, God forbid it. You can't convince me that. Like, who wants to be like, well, how'd you catch COVID? Well, you know, I was at the Nebraska-Rutgers game. 
What? No. No, that's not. No. Like, at some point, because I know there was a big petition started by Justin Fields and some other parents of the Iowa football team and guys here and guys there to get the football back and all that. But we're seeing that a lot of cases across the country are spiking, especially on college campuses, because we know how college kids are. People don't understand. And me with being a recent college grad, I can kind of speak to this a little bit, right? I can kind of speak to this as far as I know how college kids act. You can't trust them. We were untrustworthy. We won't do the right thing. You give us an inch, we're taking that mile, people. Why? Because we're young and dumb. That's what we're supposed to do. We'll learn a lesson on the back end. Right? My school, my, my alma mater, Lindenwood University, shout out to the Lions, just implemented a rule that if you get caught at a party, you're done. You're going home. Which lets me know that they've had some incidents on campus where they've caught people at parties and it's been more than one. The reason why I, I was apprehensive about college football coming back because I know what college football brings. The atmosphere that it brings. The tailgating, right? You know, whether it's just pre-gaming in somebody's room, somebody's house, somebody's apartment. Either way, people are going to gather together. Which is not good. You know, and I'm all for these guys getting out there, especially guys who got money on the line. You know, NFL draft, you know, next year. A lot of these guys need to get some tape out there, get their stock up. I I'm, I understand it, but I when they canceled it, I, for one, because college football gets this, gets this, well, NCAA in general, and rightfully so, what I'm about to say, has this, Reputation for being kind of greedy, right? Selfish, immoral, you know. And those are all true. But when these conferences decided, hey, we're not going to play, I thought, there you go, you know, college sports. For the first time, people are actually saying the money is not worth, you know, the you know what I mean the, the the health of you know of everybody, but it's back. They gave in to pressure, and I'm hoping it goes off without a hitch. Hoping nobody gets sick or anything. Although I think that we've already had some cases. I know Ed Orgeron, uh, Orgeron, the coach of LSU, said damn near his whole team and got it. So, you know, I, I'm I am apprehensive. Uh, and just to let you know, because I forgot to mention, this Pac-12 football should return around, as you know, around October 31st to November 7th kind of time frame. Um, so we'll see how that unfolds. But yeah, Big Ten football is coming back. Not a lot of people are excited. You know, a lot of you know a lot of these upcoming games are coming up. But a little disappointed that they gave into the pressure. I thought it was a good chance for college sports to show that you know it's not all about this, but money. Sometimes it's just bigger stuff going on, but. I understand. I acquiesce, man. But speaking of football, we are here. Week two football it is in. First of all, shout out to the Bengals for, you know, looking good. 
and by Bengals, I mean Joe Burrow. Shout out to Joe Burrow. They played the Browns in a losing effort. They played the Browns in, uh, on Thursday Night Football. Browns looked good. But uh, the Bengals, the Bengals, shout out to the Bengals. And let me say shout out to the Bengals. And I say the shout out to the Bengals because for once, the Bengals got it right. They drafted Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow looks great. Looks poised in the pocket. He has a winner's attitude. He said he's, he he doesn't like losing. It sucks. Well, I mean, Joe Burrow, you in Cincinnati. So you might want to get used to that, uh, fam. But the Bengals didn't look bad, right? You know, Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, I think in a couple of years, well, A.J. Green, they may want to trade him. But I think the Bengals going to be real scary. So shout out to them for, for like, putting up a fight. They look good. They look good. In both games they've played, they look good. But even more shout out to the Browns. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Browns. Not really the Browns. I'm a fan of this story because that's been unfolding these last couple of years about the Browns. People are doubting Baker Mayfield. I'm a big OBJ fan. I like Jarvis Landry. So I, I'm rooting for them. I want them to succeed. Obviously, they didn't get off to the right foot by getting blown, the, you know, blown out by the Ravens. Uh, a team they played pretty well last year, actually beat last year. So that wasn't a good start off, but Harry, here they are, um, one and one. Hopefully, they can get some momentum and keep it going. But week two, one game down, time to go through the picks. You know how we do. First up, we have the Giants and the Bears. I am going with the Bears in that game. The Bears eked out, squeaked out a week one victory. Um, so hopefully, that gives them Trubisky some confidence going into week two. The Giants showed me nothing. They looked absolutely horrible. Joe Judge looked you know, look like the rest of the Patriots coaches when they get jobs, which they look like trash. Um, Saquon Barkley, the hype is dying down, as it should. He did not produce well at all in week one. And you're going to be against that Bears defense. Not like it's going to get any, any easier. I expect the Bears to win that game. Rams and Eagles, battle of the draft picks, the 2016 NFL draft. Who did it better? Who did it better? Was it the Rams with Jared Goff, right? Or was it the Eagles with Carson Wentz? We get, we get to see that. We get to see that, right? Who, who really won that draft, right? Because people forget, since that draft, both teams have been to the Super Bowl with the Eagles winning with Nick Foles, obviously, and the Rams losing to the Patriots, right? So both franchises have been okay, right, since that draft. And the Rams won week one. Eagles lost week two. So to me, the Eagles should be the more desperate team, especially I feel like they gave the last game last week away. So I think Carson Wentz will come out gunning. I got the Eagles winning that game. Uh, game uh, Falcons and Cowboys once again another game where both teams kind of underachieved in week one they'll be playing at the billion dollar playpen itself the Cowboys will be at home I got the Cowboys winning that game I'm a Falcon I am a Falcons uh, fan because I like Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan I like Julio Jones but for whatever reason the Falcons are just hell-bent on underachieving and I just don't see the Cowboys dropping Two games in a row. And I think Zeke's going to have a fun day against that Falcons defense because they don't appear to stop a nosebleed. So, yeah, I'm rocking with the Cowboys in that game. 
Um, Panthers and Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers finally get on the board with a win. They should be able to easily beat the uh, Panthers. Panthers going to put up a fight. I mean, you know, they're, they're not some pushovers. Teddy Bridgewater is a capable quarterback. Obviously, you got Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson. But I think the Buccaneers finally get on the board. I don't think Tom Brady throws interceptions against the Panthers because, well, quite frankly, they shouldn't anybody should be good enough to pick it off. Um, Bucs just had a hard. You go against the Saints in Week One, especially with the kind of offseason we had. You know that was that was to be expected. So I got the Buccaneers bouncing back and beat the Panthers. 49ers and the Jets. Now Eric is a big 49ers fan. And I predicted last week when he said that the 49ers were going to easily beat the uh, Cardinals. I was like, I don't know. And I, the Cardinals came out and won. And the 49ers are going against the Jets, a team once again that they should beat. But the caveat is the 49ers are missing a lot of people. George Kittle is out. Richard Sherman is out. D. Ford is out. Those are three extremely big pieces of their offense and defense that they will need to play. I still think they're talented enough to beat the Jets, especially with Le'Veon Bell being out for the Jets. Um, it's a, I don't know. It's Honestly, this is going to be one of the few games where it comes down to who, who really has the better quarterback on the field. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is any better or worse than Sam Darnold, to be honest with you. I think Jimmy Garoppolo just had, has been in better situations than, than um, Sam Darnold. So, I think it's going to come down to the run game for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan pretty much just out-scheming Adam Gase in the Jets. So, I got the 49ers in that game. The, my Broncos and the Steelers, obviously, Broncos, we're out. Phillip Lindsay is out. Obviously, you know, we're still missing Von Miller. Chubb still trying to work his way back. Bradley Chubb still trying to work his way back. Steelers coming off a good week one. I'm rocking with the Steelers in that game. I think they'll beat the Broncos. I just hope Drew Locke has a good showing. Um, you can score. We can, the, the Broncos should be able to put on a nice little aerial assault against that Steelers secondary because that's that's their weakness. But I still got the Steelers winning that game. Um, Jaguars and Titans. Jaguars kind of surprised everybody by winning that week one game. And the Titans will be without A.J. Brown for this game as well. So this could go either way. Uh, I don't think Jaguars have much of a defense, so Derrick Henry should pretty much run rough shot over them pretty much this whole season. And I think that will be the difference. And I think their dog defense is just better, put a much of a better fight than the Jaguar defense can. I think that'll be the difference. I got the Titans winning that game. Lions and the Packers. Don't mean to discuss this much. Packers should be able to get this job done. The Lions game, that game should be over. It'll be at Lambeau quick, fast, and in a hurry. Don't need to talk about that too long. Same with the Bills and Dolphins. Bills should win that game as well. Vikings Colts, and once again, Vikings, they lost Marlon Mack last week. Um, and they're without not their top three tight ends. They've been missing Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, as well as Eric Ebron. So it's just one of those things where it's just they're depleted. And I'm not relying on old man Rivers himself, Phillip Rivers. I think the Vikings have a field that they should win it pretty easily. Got the Washington football team versus the Cardinals. I think the Washington football team had a very good win last week. And that defense is very real, people. That defense is very real. But I think the Cardinals show up there. And I think Kyler Murray does his thing. I think the Cardinals win that game. Ravens, again, they should, they should easily beat the Texans. They should be over pretty quickly. Now, the Chiefs and the Chargers. That's the most interesting game. Because, yes, the Chiefs should win that game. But I like the Chargers roster. And I think they'll play them tough. I have the Chiefs winning, 
But I think it'll be a tougher game than most people would think. And the next game, the Patriots-Seahawks game, that should be a fun win. The, the, that should be the late game on Sunday. That should be a very, very, very fun game. Um, Russell Wilson versus Cam Newton. That should be a very, very, very fun game. I think the Seahawks win. But I think it'll be closer than a lot of people think. I just wish that they gave him some weapons. Because no, no offense, but Julian Hellman cannot be a number one receiver, people. For for uh, Patriots fans. That just can't happen. I'm sorry. But I think the Seahawks wouldn't win that game. But I think it'll be a very fun game. I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. And then obviously the Monday Night Football game. Saints versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, shout out to Chris Vermin used to do that. I, I don't know how he did that. I can't I can't put it off. I can't pull it off. Just, I can't pull it off. But you got the Saints and the Raiders. Now, our selection songstress, uh, Ariana, she's a Saints fan. So it's in my DNA to pick against them, right? So I'm going to do that. My upset of the week, I got the Las Vegas Raiders toppling the New Orleans Saints of Monday Night Football. I think Derek Carr has his come out game, right? I think Josh Jacobs does a little damage. Hopefully we get to see some that speed with him and the rugs. And I, 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 I just got a good feeling. I got a good feeling, you know, it's going to be in, it's going to be in Vegas, you know. So let's get it. It's going to be the Vegas opener in, in Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be wild. The, you know, Raider Nation, it's going to be no attendance, unfortunately. But, you know, I just think it's going to be, I think Vegas starts their new tenure, their new home with a win. So that is how I am. So I got the Raiders with the upset of the week. But people, how y'all think I did from my own solo mission? I think I did okay. I think I did okay. Talk to me. Talk to me. But uh, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening to me. Once again, episode 21 is out. Should be coming out, you know, some uh, sometimes releasing a couple uh, on Sunday. Enjoy it. We got more for you. Again, Eric will be back next week. Again, you can follow me at Bryce Oden on Facebook. And then follow me at Bryce SFHM Podcast on Instagram. It's lit. And your boy out. Thanks for chopping it up with me. Peace.